Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Terrace Podcast, my name is Craig Cairns and I have a confession to make because we're four weeks in now Chris and I have still been getting your name wrong, it's actually Chris Iwellimo, isn't it? That's it, perfect, there you go, the first time, I didn't want to, I was just being polite, you know, it's just one of those things, it's uh, too polite. like I say for for 20 years now you know uh, a lot of kind of outlets have have been saying it incorrect but like you say if I'm scoring goals and they're saying it I'm not too fussed (laughs) mate so like you say it's just uh, that that was perfect perfect pronunciation cheers cheers and that's because I've been listening (laughs) to your podcast recently I think what happened was you were telling me um, you've got the I bit right here's how you say the rest and I took when you said I I took that phonetically so that's what I'd been doing at the start I'd say an I wellimo which was I've been sounding ridiculous for weeks, but here we are now, and you're too polite for this podcast if you were too, if you weren't uh, correcting me. But anyway, like I said, I've been listening to your series of podcasts recently. You've been doing a series of podcasts with BBC yep. for Black History Month. One of those that went out recently was your interview with Alex Dyer. You did something which many journalists have tried and failed to do over uh, the last year or so, and that's get a sit-down interview with uh, Alex Dyer. And for me, it just... It, came across as just a, a really impressive character. Yeah, no, Craig, you know what? I think uh, it was something that uh, when when I reached out to, to Alex, uh, he was he was very keen to do it. Now, me and Alex have got, we, we've got a lot of uh, uh, friends in common, you know. Uh, his best man is Chris Powell, one of my old teammates, someone mm-hmm. that I know really well, and he was assistant manager under, under Chris Powell at a few clubs. Uh, but I gave I spoke to Alex because you know what and it's it's the world we live in today that I guess everyone's got to be guarded a little bit because there's eyes everywhere you know and, and I just wanted to kind of celebrate what what he's done in the game you know he's come up he's the only black manager in the top top Scottish top flight uh, and I just feel that those those things of of course Black History Month have got to be celebrated but. How impressive was he, Craig? He blew everyone away. He had great reaction because you you seen the real the real him. Now understand after matches, he, he, he he's kind of thrown under the bus a little bit because the the, the, the journalists ask questions. They want you to kind of criticise your own players, and it's something I thought he's he's handled very very well, you know. And it's it was quite it was quite it was quite interesting in that interview when I say he's look all players want honesty. 
and he was honest again. He says, well, you can only be as honest as, as you can be. There's still things that you have to basically maybe shield the player or protect the player. But I thought he was outstanding, spoke openly, spoke honestly, touched on touched on everything and has even even the even the pathway the black for, for black coaches and black players you know I, I spoke in depth with Neil McCann about this and me Neil and Alex are, are singing off the same page whereas there is a pathway I've done my I've done my B licence I've done my my, my my A licence you know uh, Alex has went all the way he's got his pro he's he, he's done that there is a pathway there but there's a lot of black players in the game that that, that look at it and think well, I don't want to be a, a manager. I don't want to be a coach. You have to put that graft in. You have to put those hours in. And that's, I think that was something that I, I'm, because I've done it. You know, I've been there, I've done it. I, I know I know black players that, have, that, are, that are in the coaching system. So I just feel that he touched on a lot of things that were very, very today. It was today's topics. And I thought that was, and he took it on, he took it on board and he, and, and he went full throttle at it, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, and he asked him if he thought he was a role model for young black kids growing up in the game now. Um, yeah. And he talks about how he didn't even consider coaching during his playing career. It was like he was encouraged into it by a couple of people he mentions. Um, were, first of all, were there any black managers or coaches that were a role model for you when you were growing up? Or was there just a complete absence? No, there was a, there was an absence. You know, you look at uh, when I was playing. You look at Chrissy Hutton. You know that, uh, that that's that he's he's been ever present. You know he's been fantastic at every club that he's he's kind of been at. But uh, it was interesting that when you said about the role model, because as as a footballer uh, and 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 when I spoke to all my my guests they didn't really take on board that they were a role model until either later on in their career or when they retired. Now, Alex was very different because his his wife... Drilled said, it into him. <laughs> drilled it into him. Yeah. Well, you, 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 you're walking this path. You're, the, you're, you're one of the first walking the path, this path, but you are a role model. You are going to be an inspiration for others to take, to take those steps. And it was something that he took on board, but again, it was something that he owned, spoke openly... Uh, now there's been a lot of managers and you know like I, I played under Keith Curl and Keith Curl doesn't think there's anything wrong that there is a pathway now I think there's I think any initiative to get more black players because if you look at the if you look at the, the dimensions of it you know there's a lot of black players um, a lot more black players playing in Scotland now but there's still a lack of black managers I think Kevin Harper was was released from a job not so long ago there's, there's no other black manager in, in, up in Scotland I know in England Chris Hutton now he's, he's in at Nottingham Forest you know there's uh, uh, Darren Darren Moore at, at, uh, at uh, oh, Chesterfield you know what I mean uh, Doncaster, sorry, and it's just it's just like one of those things that you you you've really got to think about it and think, well, why? You know, I've got a lot of friends, black friends that are that are in the coaching system that are at academies at clubs, and it is something that that has to be looked at. But there is a pathway there, but there's a reason why black players aren't wanting to become coaches, and I don't understand it. I've played with players, I mean, fantastic players that you wouldn't believe that have said to me, "I hate football, I hate football, I can't wait until I'm thirty." Hopefully hopefully I've made enough money then and then it's that's me, I'm done. And that's the way it is. Some people look at it as a job. Uh-huh. That's it. And that's that's what, you know, people come in every day, they train and you might think, God, this is this is every little boy and girl's dream to be a professional footballer. But as but as a footballer, you have to then think that uh, that that it's that it's not. Yeah, there was a Tottenham fullback who was quite 
vocal about that a number of years ago. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, though. I think he was from Cameroon or something like that. He spoke about how football was just a job to him. Like he didn't, he he wasn't like a passionate football fan. He didn't watch it when he wasn't playing. He just turned up to training as a job and then played on a Saturday, and then that was it. He was done with it. I wish I could remember his name. How how hard is that for you to believe? Craig, you know, I know that you you love your football, mm-hmm. and you know, mo- most most boys' dreams or girls' dreams are go to be a professional. And but think about that. The 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 I'm, I remember who it is as well. I'm trying to think of the name. I'm sure uh, he was Cameroonian. I can't. Yeah, he had the he had the kind of long the long dreadlocks as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, a fantastic player for Tottenham left back. But again, Asso Okoto. Okoto is that right? Asso Okoto. That was his name. That's yeah. Just a just a and. Uh, it's just one of them, yeah. It is a job to people. I you used to think. I remember, and you'll laugh at this. We finished training one day, and we all got into my car. It was a car school, and I swear to you, it was about one thirty. But we were all raging. We were all raging that we trained for two hours, right? <laughs> and I swear to you, so I thought, bloody hell, look at this. Look at the time here. It's 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 two, it's it's one thirty, and then we all just looked at each other and burst out laughing. Like, what an absolute joke! You know, we we, 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 we come in for ten o'clock. Yeah, you, you're on the training pitch for ten thirty, and we train till one thirty. Oh my god! It was like the end. Of the, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's crazy. The bubble, the football bubble uh, that, that you're in, and the reality that we're in right now. And like we spoke about it before we came on. You know, what I'm very privileged to be to be going and watching games live, and and to be talking about it. Uh, and I, and I have a I have an opinion, and, and that's what it is. I try and express my opinion. It might be way off sometimes, Craig, but it, it's important to have an opinion. Me and you could sit and watch the same game of football and walk away with compro- completely different outlooks on it. Uh, and it's about us having, and that's 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 what we love about football, isn't it? Because then me and you will have that discussion. Yeah, we'll talk in depth, and and and, and we both tear each other's uh, views and opinions apart. But that's the whole fun of it, you know. So mm. uh, it's it's interesting. It's very interesting interesting that there's there's definitely a pathway there we just would like to see more players take that pathway but uh it's uh yeah it's definitely one that we have to kind of talk about in future as well yeah feel free to tell me i'm talking shite anytime i say something that you disagree with chris honestly um it's, it's that kind of podcast um as punditry you mentioned punditry there that's something i was going to come on to as well is that something yeah. that you saw yourself doing while you were a player or was it something that just kind of you were offered opportunities once you were coming to the end of your playing career yeah well it was something that i i fell into to be honest you know it was just before i retired uh and uh, i was doing a little bit with, with talks sport I was doing a little bit with the local the local stations uh, the BBC Radio Stoke B- uh, and Signal One and things like this and then all of a sudden uh, I knew of this PFA course uh, that uh, that was obviously the, the, the professional sports writing and broadcasting this journalism ah, okay. that I did. so and that it was funny Craig because for whatever reason I was I was I was in very early at talk sport like I was co-hosting shows without any experience of doing that uh it was uh the 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 show with we, we Matt Holland so Matt Holland was 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 the captain at Charlton when I was at Charlton with him so again it was a very familiar environment because he would look after you make sure that you uh, and I had a chat with one of the one of the top men at, at talk sport and he told me there's about I think there was about 83 ex-professionals trying to do what I do Wow! and then he, he, he reeled off about 20 of these names and these are like England internationals mm-hmm. played in the Premier League all their life and I'm sitting thinking wow and I'm, I'm in at the minute 
So I just made sure that I, I went and done, uh, ask, you always ask for feedback. You always ask, you know, what, what, and my, the first, the first thing that, that, that came back was that, that I sat on the fence a lot. Oh, okay. So, you know, like, uh, so I've just retired. So I'm basically uh, commentating on games and, and shows, talking about players that I've played with. And it was like, these, these were my peers, you know, these, uh, so I was a little bit, and then the way that I thought about it when I got that feedback that, yeah, you don't just be, be honest in your opinion. And I, and I thought about it, if I was in the same team as these guys and they were performing the way they would, what would I say to them? Yeah. And that's exactly what I tried to do. So And there's a way of saying it, isn't there? There's a, there's way, a way of, of saying, saying it. it. Yeah. And that's what I've always been as a player, as a player, Craig, I hated, I hated the, the older players, the, the way that they used to bully some of the young lads coming through, the way that they would try and deflect from their own poor performance. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so I've always I've always made a, a habit of making sure that I speak to people the way that I want to be spoken to. Uh, and that was something that I, I took into my coaching. It's something when I was assistant manager that I speak to these players individually as a group. And I say that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm being honest with you. If I've got to be brutally honest, I know that performance was nowhere near where you can get to. But you don't have to come out with the swales and you see this and that. And 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 some people manage that way, and it's def- definitely a, it's definitely a way of managing from the past. Now I think the new footballer today, and we've spoke about that as well. You have to make sure that you you manage them properly because you can lose a player uh, very easily uh, in today's football. Whereas you had to have that kind of that kind of thick skin. You know, I've told you about some of the stories with me coming through at St Mirren, you know, the, the fights in the boot room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was all part and parcel, but that's what made me who I was. So I don't have anything against that. You know, I've I've walked out in front of thousands and you're getting booed by you're getting booed by twenty thousand and you're getting cheered by the other twenty thousand. I've been racially abused. It's one of these things, Craig, that that uh Okay, I've spoke about how I normalised it. There's no room for it. Let's. There's no room for racism in in, in any society, football, whatever it may be. Uh, but it was something that I normalised. I accepted because you know what? I just felt that it's too big a battle for me. I'm not going to make. I can't change anything. And that's where I'm. The probably only regret of my career is that when I had a platform and and playing in the in, in the, the the Premier League, playing for Scotland, that I never spoke out about things like this because. As a role model, as an as a figure that that can possibly in, inspire others, they could then look and think, yeah, you know what? Thank thank God someone's shouting that, shouting that, uh, fighting that fight. And that's probably my only regret that I never stepped up to the plate because I, I just you're in your own bubble, Craig, and you're thinking it's all performance results winning games and you kind of get caught up with that a little bit it's just not the easiest environment to do it either though I mean a changing room is not the easiest environment it's getting easier I know I know it is Uh, and there's lots of things uh, like in American sports and things like that where people are taking initiatives and stuff I I know that kind of things are changing on that front a wee bit now but yeah I think maybe when you were playing there was yeah I could just imagine how lonely it would be or potentially be if you were to do something like that speak out and then I don't know return to a kind of changing room I'm not sure it's like the same kind of argument as to why there's no openly gay footballers Um, I don't know I suppose maybe it's a slightly different argument there but yeah it just seemed like a wee bit of an unforgiving environment the changing room is I suppose is what I'm getting at I'll tell you something now. You know, I, I know there's, there's there's players. You know, you're, you're very you're very much aware of it, and it's and I'm glad that things get kept in house. But of course, there's players. Of course, there's 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 uh, there's homosexual players that, 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 that play the game. You know, and it's uh, it's one of those. Hopefully, in uh, in some in some time, 
and hopefully not in the long distant future. It's the first will come out and be brave enough, and that'll open the door. But you know what? There's there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's one of those things that uh, it's, it's, I've been very disappointed in the past with certain people's reactions to certain things. But they've been they've been they've been shot down very very quickly uh, in, in that dressing room environment. Mm-hmm. But there's there is I, I can tell you now. I've, I know that I've played with 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 a couple of of players uh, that. Uh, that are homosexual, but it's just one of those. It's not my place to say. It's their, it's their, it's their time, uh, and if and if they feel, and you've got to remember, if, if if people are getting racially abused and people are getting abused and family are getting brought into it just because the performance on the pitch, it's just going to be another avenue that they're going to get attacked in it. And, I, and we under, I understand why they haven't came out, but hopefully, hopefully in time that 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 will be addressed. Yeah, definitely. So, like I said, we this is uh, from a series of podcasts. We started talking about this discussion to do with a series of podcasts you've done with the BBC called Chris Wellamo Meets. Uh, what's your main takeaway from the series of podcasts that you've done, Chris? Well, my takeaway was, was what, definitely what you took from it. You know, I think these these uh, fantastic individuals uh, not not really realizing their role. You know, that, that, that they're there to inspire. That they've they've walked a hard path and, and still been a success. You know what they done when they all kind of normalized what they grew up through. You know, and it was that was very interesting to me. Uh, and again, the, the whole the Black Lives Matter. Uh, the Black Lives Matter and, and the Black History Month. You know, this is this is a the Black History Month was something that I never really celebrated. It was something that you were aware of, and you might go out and and have a have have some food and and, and with friends. But when you actually look and research it, it's, it's, it blows you away. You know, so so what I learned from the guests was that that no matter what life throws at you, you you have to keep going. You know the struggle, and I know everyone has different battles. If it's mental health, you know, if it's the colour of your skin, you know, like what your your, and I just feel that that no matter what 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 life threw at them, they had the answers, and they still strive to be great, and they and they were successful, and it was they're so that, and you don't even have to just be in their sport to be inspired by them. That was something, like I got, I came away from some of the interviews with Goosebumps and some of the stories were, were really interesting and to the point. So it was it was a fantastic honour and it never knows, uh, you never know, Craig, I think it's something that, that's that that's got some legs in it yet and uh, it might mean that, I know that I've got a, an interview with, with John Barnes tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's going to be, that's going to be, that's going to be very interesting because uh, John Barnes is someone that I've obviously, I've worked with after I've retired as well, but someone that I I ran about school saying that I was John Barnes, <laughs> like you said, who did I ident- who did I identify with when I was younger? And he was one of those players right alongside Ian Wright. So so it's going to be a fantastic honour for me uh, tomorrow. But it's uh, it's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it as well. Right, let's move on to talk about some of the football from the weekend there. Let's turn our attention to Motherwell and specifically Tony Watt. He put in a man of the match performance in his side's 4 0 victory against Ross County at the weekend. Playing, it seems to be like a, a front three of central strikers they're playing uh, Motherwell, which is reminiscent of some classic recent Motherwell teams like under Mark McGee and Stuart McCall and the likes. Um, they hadn't played in a few weeks because of COVID postponements and things like that. They've had a positive test of their own, but they kind of banished any memory of those two drubbins they had before that enforced break by. Coming, coming back and scalping uh, yeah. Ross County. 
Tony Watt was at the centre of that uh, with Robinson describing him as unplayable there and Saturday's performance Chris is it's what we need to see on a more regular basis from Tony Watt isn't it? Yeah 100% uh, we, ha- we have to we can is we have to get this right you know I was I was delighted for, for Steve Robinson you know with the performance they haven't played since the 20th uh, since the 27th of September mm-hmm. you know so people are saying you know could Ross, Ross County kind of capitalise on a rustiness there because as a player you need to play games uh, but that was an outstanding performance, and it was always coming. You know, I think uh, where 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 they sat in the in, in the Premiership, you know, the performances, the results, more so, haven't really warranted the what performance they've put in. And this is something I think Steve Robinson's come out and, and been very very critical of uh, of his players when they haven't been. When he was he was very he gave the players a lot a lot of praise. Uh, a lot of praise uh, at the weekend Tony Watt for me he has it all uh, and for whatever reason you know we don't see it consistently enough you know what he's only 26 years old yeah Craig. Uh, a lot of clubs for that yeah, short time yeah clubs, but yeah like I had a lot you had of clubs, a lot of clubs yeah, yeah and it's and it's one of them like I if I wasn't playing regularly you'd have that chat with the manager uh, and then if if he'd tell you to put a implement certain things so that you're playing if you implement them and you're still not playing then you, you need to move on it's a short career but he's still only a young lad yeah. but I have to say he was outstanding at the weekend against Ross County he was unplayable you know his touch his movement he should have a, more, he should have a couple more goals as well you know what I mean but uh, I just feel that he brings other players into play yeah uh, that's what uh, he's always again, been good at he's, he's, he's struggled in front of goal uh, a bit in recent times but even I mean I'm a Hearts supporter and when he was at Hearts he was he was really really terrible in front of goal and it all kind of in one of his first performances for us he missed a sitter against Celtic I think it was at nil-nil as well he like put a header over the bar from two yards and that kind of summed up um, what he was like in front of goal for Hearts but there were other games where he was dropping deep like dropping as deep as the the halfway line to get the ball and to turn yeah. to make things happen, and he's really good at that. So um, yeah. we've got a Motherwell fan on the podcast, and I was speaking to him recently about Tony Watt, and I was saying just lower your um, expectations of him scoring goals and um, get other goal scorers around him, and he'll be. I think he'd be a really good player for Motherwell, and he. I don't know. He, he seems to be doing that just now, and I think Motherwell seems like the perfect place for him as well because. Motherwell are very good at bringing in players and improving them and, and that's yeah. what Tony Watt needs and he, he speaks about how the coaches are being hard on him but that's good for him and things like that so yeah I don't know it seems no, like a good place for him but as, as a striker you're always going to be judged on your goals yeah. no matter no matter if you're creating goals for others so you know he knows that he's been around the game long enough to know that I think his goal return is like one goal every 450 minutes that's, that's nowhere near good enough for the quality that he has you've said it yourself about how he, he he's, he's very tidy very link up play excellent mm-hmm. you know he was so strong at the weekend you know just thinging players off running with the ball direct so for me he ticks all boxes and again it was something that I was quite critical of him but I need to see that in the next game and it should be game in game out if he's performing like that then Steve Robinson can't drop him he can't yeah. he can't he started five games out of the nine in the premiership and you know that's not too bad but one goal the goal return's definitely not good enough and we have to give Steve Robinson and and and, and uh, I know Martin Foyle is the head of his recruitment but they've brought in over like 10 million over the last three seasons and that's from that's from transfer sales cup runs you obviously finishing third last season and they've got probably the, the third the third fourth smallest budget in the premiership as well 
But again, where can they? Where can they? Where what can they surpass what they did last last season, finishing third? Because you know that that the void between the old firm and everyone below is massive, and we've, we've touched on it. So again, I think I think Motherwell, they they I think they're going about business in the right way. They're selling players. The 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 recruitment's massive. I think Martin Foyle should get a lot of credit there. But Steve Robinson, you know, like you said it yourself, they bring players in and they coach them. They make them better. Yeah. And that's the pro. And they've got a good balance. You know, me, Neil McCann, Steve uh, Steve uh, Thompson, you know, uh, Michael Stewart, we've all spoke about it. Jonathan Sunderland, you know, the, all of us have said that Motherwell, everyone thought Motherwell going to be very decent this year. They've got the balance. They've recruited well. They're only going to get stronger. And the performances were there, but the results weren't. They got to a poor result. start, yeah. They just, but, uh, yeah. But, but they've been looking yeah, better. They have been looking better. Yeah. But you say they got off to a poor start. Yeah. The performances were excellent, but they just weren't clinical enough in front of goal. And like you say, <laughs> they were they, they were they were getting beaten games where you're thinking, how have they lost that? We're like 65, 70 uh, ball possession. I think it was a game chances. against St. Johnston. Yeah, was that yeah, St. Johnston? They lost 1-0. The even the first game against Ross County. About. <laughs> the first game of the season, Ross right. County. Okay, that's yeah. what I'm saying it's, it has to so hopefully they've turned the corner and they can start looking up but I think they've everything all the foundations are there you know so and they've got the right uh, the right man in charge for me with the right the right staff but it's down to the individuals and Tony Watt being one of them has to produce performances like that game in game out how do you how do you coach someone or manage somebody like Tony Watt? Not coach, sorry, I mean manage. How do you manage someone like him? Because obviously he's been a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know, maybe not a troubled character, but he's been a bit, a bit of, of a... Lad. A bit of a lad. Yeah, he's, he's difficult to manage, I think. He, I, I think he's maybe matured a bit now and he's put some of that kind of silliness be, be, yeah. behind him. I mean, I would have been the same if I was a young footballer. I would have been an idiot. So um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not judging him here, but he looks like he's matured a bit. But yeah, but... How do you how do you kind of manage a difficult character like that? Well, I guess communication's so key, isn't it? I think uh, I think you have to make him realise his own potential. But all all players love to play. If you're a football player and you're on the bench and you're a football player or you're you're dropped from the squad, that hurts. That there's no there's no pain like that, Craig. So and I just feel that he's in and out. That he's been in and out the team. He's in and out the team, and hopefully, I know that. It, uh, that maturity comes with age as well but he's 26 that's you know <laughs> he'll be hitting his peak probably now or within the next year so hopefully it has dropped with him but you have to you have to manage all these players differently and this is something that Sean Dyke said and it was excellent he says managing a football a football team it's like managing all many companies within one big company because you have to manage them all different, differently to get the best out of them okay. and it's so it's so true Craig you know, like I know it's uh, in whatever line of work that you're you're in, you have to realise if you're in that management position what the strengths and weaknesses are of, of 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 your employers. You know, of the people under you, you have to know. You'll know. So uh, Steve Robinson will know what will get the best out of. And, he, he, and like uh, Tony, what said there, he's been relentless with him. You know, he's been in his face. You can see the kind of character that Robinson is. Very, very bubbly, talking all the time. Very confident, probably got a little bit of arrogance here, but you have to have that as a manager. But imagine imagine every day someone's telling you how good you are, how good you are. That's where, that's, that's where you've set the bar now. And it's sometimes it's like you can't go in there like a like a, like a, a bull in a, a china shop. Sometimes you have to just be able to go in there with a calmness and talk to someone in the right way. 
but sometimes you have to talk to them in that way that gets a reaction. So you have to kind of you have to put that kind of the firecracker under the under the backside. You know what I mean? But uh, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully, from what I've seen from Tony Watt, he should know how good he is. And like you say, when he's at it, he's unplayable. So hopefully we see a lot more performances like that, Craig. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good fit for him. So hopefully this is a, the start of a of a kind of good spell for him at Motherwell. Yeah. He could really do with finding a club that works for him and getting some sort of consistency. It's a good, in his it's game. A good fit, like you said. Motherwell's a great fit. Yeah, definitely. He, he's also a player who decided to go abroad at a very young age and uh, playing for a few sides in Belgium when he was around 19, 20, I think. Um, yeah, standardly is, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was Liers, I think, was the other one. I can't remember, something like that. You did something similar. You went to Our House. Is that how you pronounce it? Our, our House? That's correct. In yeah, Denmark. Right, yeah. We're all yeah. back to pronunciations again. You, even if I was got <laughs> it wrong, you probably wouldn't correct me. Um, uh, what, firstly, what brought that move about? How did you end up over in Denmark? Well, I was I was at St Mirren, and uh, Kenny, Kenny Moyes, uh, David Moyes' brother, was my agent. Now, I was, St Mirren had, had offered me a two-year contract, and my contract had just run out. Tony Fitzpatrick was the manager. Me and Tony, uh, me and Tony, we, we got on. I, I love Tony to bits, but he used to do, that, do this reverse psychology thing with me that he would tell me that the other manager thought that I was that I was shite, <laughs> uh, and then hopefully get that, hopefully get a performance out of me. So if I played well, then his reverse psychology worked. But it was one of those things. Uh, I went over to Denmark. It was the Danish Super League, and uh, I trained for a week, and they offered me a three-year contract, and it was just something that that I couldn't turn down. It was opportunity to play uh, in the in the Danish Super League. Uh, it was opportunity to go and experience a different culture. Uh, and I loved it out there, Craig. I really did. You it also did it at a time when not many Scottish players were going abroad. I mean, I think before your time, there was lots of Scottish players abroad, but then by the time you did, there, there weren't many, were there? Well, the Bosman ruling had just come in. So the Bosman ah. ruling had just... So basically, I had to stay abroad for a year. But I'd, and I remember that was the I, I said to Tony I said look I'm, I'm not going to sign the new contract I'm going over to the Danish Super League and I remember he had that little schneid comment he says well just make sure that you you know that you can't come back within a year I says good job I've signed a three year contract then isn't it Tony <laughs> and I remember I've, uh, I've went out and to be fair me and Tony have had we've had many uh, many talks since then but it was just one of them and that's what we talk about managers and how you manage players but I think it's fantastic. You look at Jaden Sancho, who was at Man City, who's probably probably wasn't going to get into the first team. I think they'd offered him a, a, a pro contract. He goes out to, to Dortmund. And, There's a number uh, of young English players that weren't yes. going to be playing. Lukeman was another one, no? Was he, exactly. was, he wasn't playing exactly. for Everton and went over. There's a, yeah, there's a few others. I know, I know there's a, some that are going when they're not quite ready for first team as well. There's a few from Scotland have gone as well. There's a young defender from Celtic who's like a teenager, went to Bayern Munich or something like that not too long best ago. Thing, but, Craig, best but, yeah. thing to do because what it does, it opens you. And as a footballer, you, you have to be ready to move from club to club because you don't know if a club likes you they're going to come in and buy you so you, you you can't really kind of settle properly you know I'm not saying that your bag's always packed but I'm just saying that when you when you move when I was in Denmark they put me up in a, a lovely a lovely apartment right in the centre of town on the canal and it was just one of them I was there for a year and a half and then it was David Moyes that brought me back to English football with Preston but I ended up signing at Stoke uh, so I, I, I think it's a fantastic thing that these young players uh, and like you say it, Tony Watt would have learned so much from that from that experience and like you say and it's you've got to remember he was the big thing at Celtic and maybe he got a little bit ahead of himself 
you know, scoring that goal, you're thinking that the stories that I heard after that, uh, the goal against Barcelona, the goal, the stories that I heard after that, there's no wonder that his, that his, that his head's up his backside a little bit. But he's, he seems to have matured. He's had a lot of clubs. Hopefully this is the right fit for him. But I've got to say, on what you said there, I think for young players to go to, to, to other countries and, and just see, see how football's put to them, the cultures, I think it's only a positive. Yeah, I totally agree. Well said. Well, I was going to ask you about Aberdeen, but I think we're about at time there, so we'll just leave it there. Chris, thanks again for joining us. Craig, absolutely brilliant, mate. Spot on, mate. And thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out all the other content that's going up, both on the main feed and on Patreon. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.